Paranormal Truth and Reality with host Chris Houston. A show for those with a passion for the paranormal. And now, welcome to the show. to Paranormal Truth and Reality. I'm your host, Christopher Houston. After a big break from Lord Have Mercy, I think we went a little bit of everywhere. Hunt the Town, Ohio State University. Well, yeah, actually, I spoke at Ohio State University, Ohio State Reformatory, Michigan State University, and now we're back on the air, listeners. So welcome aboard. I am here with Jason Neal. Jason Neal actually just aired on a new show called Ghost Bait on the Travel Channel. Welcome, Jason. How you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. I love the intro. The music reminds me of the 80s. It was epic. And I didn't even live in the 80s, but it sounded great. It's great to be here. (laughs) I actually chose the intro, believe it or not, because I'm a big fan of Star Trek. And uh, the particular song, even though we don't hear a lot of it when it plays through on the intro, it's it's Star Trek Enterprises music, which I actually paid to to rebroadcast. Kind of altered just slightly, but... uh, um, I, I love the song because it talks about how it's kind of a been a long journey and a long road and and you got to kind of build it up from from nowhere getting from there to here and it's it's uh, it's kind of a passion in my heart I guess I've been doing this for 11 years so and, and a lot of the 11 years has been out of my pocket from time to time I've been picked up on radio stations dropped on radio stations it's it's just the way the gig works <laughs> you're doing a real good job. Everything that I've seen so far, I've, I've enjoyed, and I know that a lot of other people have. Well, we try here. I've been educating people for almost, God, it's been 25 years now. So consulted on a lot of TV shows, consulted on a lot of other things, started from this ground up. So it's been a blast. It's been a heck of a journey. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you recently went on Ghost Bait. And I've had the privilege of talking to several of the stars from Ghost Bait. Great, delightful people, wonderful to talk to. Um, but uh, let's talk about your journey a little bit. What got you on the TV show? What ended me up on the TV show was my uh, – well, first of all, we remodeled a house. And I had a, a, to, to make a super long story uh, short. Um, we remodeled a house. I didn't realize that it has so much history to it. And when my child was born, things started happening that made me go from a believer to a knower of the paranormal. Like I believed in it. Uh, I was brought up in it. My dad, um, I put it in my biography. My dad was in the military and I've heard a lot about UFOs, things like that. Um, that was regular dinner table discussion along with psychic phenomenon because my mom was a clairvoyant and her great grandma, well, my great grandma, her grandma was a big focus of the show when she nailed the picture of the woman in the tree and she had that woman end up having a car crash. Um, the ritualistic stuff, that stuff is uh, really huge in my family. And so, I had no idea, though, um, when I moved when I moved in the house, you know, I, I had heard stories of different ghosts and things like that. But I didn't realize that it would get to the point where it was labeled demonic. So I had a small group come in. I'm not going to say their names. And when they came in, the psychic was immediately uh, very upset, very distraught. They left the location 
uh, they told me who to call. They referenced me to a, a bigger group. And that group came in. They stayed overnight. And they said that it was demonic. And at that time, I was sort of a believer in demonic. I wasn't really sure if it was like related to cryptid. I had done tons of research over the three years I lived in the house and experienced all the things that I had before it just got so intense that I left. And so I was just blown away. They said it was demonic. And that's when eventually someone got a hold of me for the travel channel. And when they came, it was just a uh, complete, just paranormal party for spirits and demons and ghosts whatever if you want to call it that you know it was because there was a, a psychic medium karen reese there because bob has he's a great guy he has some empathic um abilities for sure and so does tina she has psychic abilities as well i mean we were all sensing and feeling sort of the same things i just didn't realize until i put on the mask and used the sensory deprivation and face my fears without medication because I was medicating myself to a lot of my, what you might call like psychic perception or clairvoyance, whatever you want to call it, that came down from this, um, you know, DNA from my mom's side, my great grandma. Uh, I went in there and I faced my fears really well. There was just a lot of stuff that couldn't get fit into the show within 22 minutes, but I'd love to talk about it if you if there are anything in particular. Well, there's, you know, it's interesting. I know they got a lot of controversy from the paranormal community uh, when it came to sensory deprivation. But now I'm going to tell the paranormal community first off before we get into the term demon. Sensory deprivation actually and um, the external senses in the human body is a major thing that we deal with here in the paranormal and there's a reason behind this i know a lot of people are worried about putting somebody in and putting a sack over your head or they're worried about sticking you in a dark room now i can tell you by the way which you will be seeing on television if it does air somewhere along the line because of paranormal dares um i probably shouldn't have said that name i apologize so scratch that guys but uh anyway long story short your 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 senses can get away from you and when they do your mind also gets away from you which causes a lot of situations to happen a good percentage of those situations do happen within paranormal settings being in paranormal science and application for almost 23 years working with universities having the privilege of working with most people that people don't know i can tell you a lot of times when you get into a home a lot of what's going on is that case um so when you do heighten your senses and you realize that this is the case a lot of times you can take control of a situation. Now, I don't know how you dealt with it, Jason, but I know that from doing the testing myself, and I have been in jail cells overnight, um, totally masked out from everybody else, uh, doors closed, slept in the jail cells of haunted locations. I've been in dark rooms and observed things. Um, I have actually put a blindfold on and uh, eventually took out everything but the normal senses that are around to see what would happen while I'm in a haunted location. The more drastic the claim, uh, for instance, I will dive straight into a place like uh, when they were talking to you about the 50 demons, which we'll get into here in a little while, I will dive straight into a place like that 
and there's reasoning behind that because I've been in it for so long. I don't encourage everybody to do that. If you've been in it for five or six years, guys, don't go diving into somebody that says, I've got 23 demons in your house because you don't know what you're dealing with. Um, but once you understand the reality of the situations, you can. So let's start there. Um, how did you feel when, when they isolated you and all you had were your senses? What took control? Well, the, the first thing I like to say about, about the show, too, is that it's more of a psychological um, show in a paranormal setting than necessarily like a paranormal investigation. Oh, absolutely. It's more about human psychology. You're, you're right on the money. But the first thing I felt when I put on the mask, um, before, because the mask had been worn at so many different locations and so many different um, haunted places, it had been all over the place. The, ma the mask had been, I didn't know Bob even had a ghost bait series before I was there. I had no idea. So the first thing was, was uh, and he asked me what my greatest fear was. And I really was just so confused at the moment at what was going on that I told him it was death, and he walked to me in the house. I sat down, and the first thing I started feeling was I started feeling really weak because I didn't have medication to numb my senses like I normally have been taking because I have PTSD, panic attacks. It's just like sensory. It's, it's like the complete opposite of being a psychopath where you don't feel anything. It's like I felt like everything coming on me. And uh, some of the things that happened before I could actually see through the mask, which was really shocking to me, but was I felt cold, I felt chills, I started to get more in touch with um, all of my body. Like I realized that my whole body could be used as a sensory tool versus just my eyes, like my ears. I started hearing things. I started hearing things within the house and I was like, whoa, this is insane. But after about five minutes, when I started to see through, you can see on the episode where I start pointing. And it doesn't show the entire thing, but I'll start pointing. And the REM pods, if it weren't for those REM pods being set up, they'll go beep, 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 beep. And I started pointing with my finger. And as I ran across, each one would go off. And I said, there it is. There it is. And they put some editing and stuff in there. But... If you look on the video, you can see the rim pods, uh, the colors on the rim pod are there. It just doesn't show the sound. And so I was getting biofeedback that what I was experiencing was real because I, I, at the time I wasn't sure because of the stuff that I was seeing. I didn't believe I went in there believe, not believing very much in, into demons. I thought it might be possible. But the things that I saw looked like uh human scientific experiments gone wrong like half human half animal i didn't see anything that i would describe as like a, a hell for instance like religious related it just looked like a uh a science fiction more like more like science fiction when i looked around and saw everything because it was the these monsters is what i was starting to pick up on like what you might call from a um I've heard people call it like the astral realm or whatever, but I started to really feel like I was coming out of my body as well. At some point in the sensory deprivation, I, at towards the end, I started having an out-of-body experience, and that's when we ended up stopping. Now, they're actually physically, from the paranormal study and research side, because um, 
a lot of what a lot of what you experienced, just so that you're aware for your own light of mind, because television is a little bit different than the reality of paranormal study and application. Um, a lot of what you, you experienced is scientifically explainable, though not applied in the paranormal world today. Um, for instance, your heightened senses will cause you to go into the easiest route without using scientific terms. It is a known state of mind in the human body when the mind links to its heightened senses and i learned this by the way uh listeners just so that you're aware because i spent some time in an american indian reservation and they actually taught me how to do this i spoke about this many many times those of you that have listened before know this you can actually physically if you close your eyes come in touch with everything around you when you're in a darkened atmosphere or a scared atmosphere and you're slightly startled those senses enhance when they do your body takes over, your mind takes over, and your personal energy levels take over, linking you to every single thing around you. So when that happens, for instance, when you're pointing at things, um, your visualization in your mind starts to take control of your feelings inside. They perceive things that are around you that naturally you don't regularly see but could be around you, depending on your heightened perception and so forth. Um, they also react based off of the body's energy. What is a REM pod? I just recently taught everybody this, by the way, at Ohio State Reformatory and several other areas, including Hunt the Town. A REM pod creates its own electromagnetic field. It's a static field that theoretically on the antenna, anything physical touching it can cause it to go off. Physical energy is a little bit different than other energies that are around. You can actually physically project physical energy just so that everybody's aware. Buddhist priests have been doing this for years. So if Jason's pointing at a REM pod, for instance, saying that it's going over there and he feels a presence moving over there, what he's actually doing is projecting his physical energy towards the REM pod. Theoretically speaking from science, that REM pod will go off. Now, is that a presence? Well, we'll get into that here in a little while when we get into Jason's story. The answer is yes, it could be. It could also be other explanations. Um, but it's fascinating that they do this, and I'm telling you this because, honestly, Bob and Ghostbait's got a bad reputation here, listeners, just so that you know. They're good people, and they're going from a scientific view to test these situations. The community looked at this in a different light because, honestly, you guys, weren't you guys didn't grow up in the same generation I did. Um, these type of experiments were done all the time in early paranormal science and application. It's not uncommon. Um, but let's get into your story a little bit more, Jason, so that you're aware. I'm just trying to educate you. I don't know. We haven't sure. talked about your paranormal experience other than this. You, you know, you're an average person. You got kind of thrusted into a paranormal community in a situation. I can relate with that, by the way, because that's how I started my journey. I was in a very, very, very haunted house. There was demonic activity. I have no doubt whatsoever in it, and I'm not one to per, uh, pursue demons even though I have my own personal beliefs. Um, so I can relate with what you're going through. Before that, I was a child. I did not believe in ghosts and demons, barely believed in UFOs, had a lot of things happen. It's not an easy thing to go through. <laughs> right, right. And I, I'm 100% in agreeance with the um, finger pointing, but it's important to note that that happened once I spotted it. And I know that the eyes could also possibly, like you're talking about with the Buddhist monks, um, the eyes could also possibly be radiating the energy, making the REM pod go off. Um, that's certainly not, uh, you know, that 
It's not for certain what could go off, but it's one thing I wanted to make clear was before I pointed, I saw it and pointed, and then it went off right before. Like the timing was, and actually, um, it could be possible that just the the thought of seeing it when I saw it with my eyes and uh, the energy coming off and projecting from my body, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreeing. I agree with you. I just don't know if uh it really was like when you talk about it that way um it really does make sense you know is it the energy projection am am i creating it through my through my mind and consciousness well surely i'm perceiving it but um what part of it is me and what part of it is the entity you know that becomes that becomes what we call the paranormal the paranormal is actually unknown it's physically unknown. You can't explain it through modern science or explanation. Um, quantum physics actually breaks down the facts in a little bit more detail, which basically states that everything is connected. So these entities, so to speak, these other realms are connected to you, to me, and to everything else. It all forms one thing, to, and, and the easiest way to go back into that, and the simplest way I've learned to explain it is actually in the Buddhist religion. It's called balance. So – could you have physically seen something? Even if you projected it through the mind, the answer is yes. There could physically have still been something there moving. Um, there could physically still be something present in the area. This is why you get negative feelings or negative emotions. You get positive feelings and positive emotions. This is why some a- a certain areas can be supercharged. For instance, you find out that in that same location because you've got that eerie feeling, every one of your hairs are standing up on your head. Well, that's an electric. It's electromagnetivity. It's everything is connected together. So you're getting a response where your body's actually picking up on it. Now every hair on your hand or your arm is sticking up. Um, so to answer that question in a little bit more detail for you from the experiences of the universities and everybody that I've spoke to, the answer is yes, there could have been something present. Um, it may not have all been your mind because everything is connected. We project this outward on what we feel is there, which means something could physically be there. We either created it, sometimes that happens, or it is physically there, which also happens. These are the misconceptions that people get in the paranormal. Because it's unknown, we simply can't say yes or no, if that makes sense. <laughs> right, right. And that's um, that, that, that's a good way to look at it because with the, the first thing that happened, um, the big bang noise – that really opened my eyes up and said, hey, this house might be haunted. It sounded like a cannonball hit the home. And I went outside. I checked for evidence. I put on my headlamp. I have a big oak tree. I said, oh, it must have been an oak tree because it sounded like the whole house had just uh, just been smashed, like or a dresser had been picked up and just thrown down. But um, one of the things I thought about when I found no evidence, because a lot of people just say, oh, it's a ghost. Oh, it's a demon. Oh, it's... It's this, that, or the other, and I want I want it to be grounded in reality. That's why I had the people come out there with the ground penetrating radar and find out that there was an aquifer under the ground, and they used the dousing rods. And you speak about the electromagnetic energy. There's tons of hematite, and with all that uh, water flowing with the river, that pressure those piezoelectric rocks, all those things combined together um, would create radiation or a condition where the human mind would be influenced and and effective because, like you said, electromagnetism connects everything. 
Yeah, well, and every one of those create their own form of energy. When that own form of energy combines with the brain, the mind, which is its own form of energy, then the connectivity is a little bit different. Now, our human mind doesn't comprehend this. Our intelligence is phenomenal, but when it comes to things we don't physically see and we can't physically touch, a lot of times when it affects the mind, the brain, and so forth, we try to decipher that in many ways, which means the mind tries to correct coagulate a explanation for it the most common explanation that happens is it's a demon um, unfortunately also working with theology and religion and so forth the, the demonic doesn't quite work the way people perceive we like to decipher it that way especially in psychic mediums and so forth because because we have those feelings and we think we see things or experience things. but And I assure you, listeners, I know this very, very well, um, even though I don't discuss it. I've spent many, many years studying the word demonology, exorcism. I spoke to the Roman Catholic Church. I spoke to actual physical exorcists. I've had the privilege of being on the phone and video conferencing with many, many people that nobody know anything about, uh, all because of my personal experience. And... Ultimately, demons don't work the way people think, but positive, negative, good, and evil does work the way people think. So if you have a situation where negativity is already in the area, it's already been created in the area, it's built in the area, and you have all these other things coinciding with it, that negativity can build into a form of its own. And a lot of times it comes off in a way to where people decipher it. Um, not mentioning any names because one of the stars that I would mention, obviously, I do know a little bit about. I've been in contact with him several, several, several times. People use terms all the time, and Ghostbait did use this in your situation, where they use the word multiple demons. Um, I've heard 20. I've heard 70. I've heard 100. In your show, it was 50. And reality is… The demonic doesn't work that way. It's like anything else in a situation. Um, think of it this way on a logical term. The United States has an army. Iraq has an army. Russia has an army. Everybody has an army. Now, if you're trying to take over a country, are you going to pick specific areas to manipulate that country? Or are you going to just take 75 or 100 of your best soldiers and throw them in front of a guy at McDonald's? You're going to use the situation, and you're going to put your soldiers identically in areas. Now, when you're dealing with the demo demons, just so that you know, outside of the word legion, which means many, demons don't play well with each other. <laughs> well, that's what I that that's what I asked um, when she told me a legion. Um, when we started discussing it, it actually started raining, and we had to come back and do the scene. But when we came back, um, you know, I was sitting in there. Uh, waiting for the rain to stop, and I was Googling Legion, and I couldn't really figure out exactly what that meant. So when we went back, and that, that was the first thing I asked was, I was like, um, if it's not one, you know, how many is it? But my thought process was a lot along the lines of, um, uh, you know, I, for, first of all, like, like I said earlier, I, I really didn't 100% um, believe in demons necessarily, you know, or the religious aspect of it. But I thought to myself, well, if my great grandma brought on, 
this negativity, like you were saying, negative, uh, negative and positive is real. Um, everybody can relate to that. I think everybody knows that. And, um, I said, if, if, if she created this darkness, if my family members have created this darkness, then my purpose in coming to this home, because the, the psychic was right on about some things. She gave us a, um, reading after the show and everything. And, we had we had a blast, but ultimately, um, not to get off topic, there's a lot a lot of stuff just coming to my mind about the show. But I felt like I was brought to the home, and I had a lot of suffering because of the home. But had I not come to the home, I wouldn't have learned about meditation. I wouldn't have learned how to control my mind and emotions. I would not have been through the suffering or the, uh, you know, kind of the, it, it almost reminds me of, but not exactly like the archetype of the hero's journey uh, that that's uh, talked about a lot. Um, I almost felt like I was going through that, but I, I felt like I was put there to try to bring some balance to the force, so to speak, almost like if you want to think about like Star Wars or anything like that, like I felt like I was the um, protagonist in order to balance it out because there was just so many things. I mean, someone had been, um, someone had, uh, hung themselves. I, I can't say, I'm not going to say on the show how they did it in the home. There was a stabbing, there was a shooting out on the road, uh, about a hundred years ago, the guy got electrocuted who did it. Those were my family members, not, not the people inside the home, but the one, the ones that got shot. There was a girl that, uh, a girl, that died she was real young and my covers were being pulled that was one of the things that got me to leave the home was when my covers got pulled off me by something where the force was uh the way the covers were pulled down it had to be pulled from something that was real short i'm not saying 100 percent it's a little girl that's just what a shaman told me that came in and did a ritual in the home so i had a lot of different people coming in doing different stuff but it's also important to note that i would not have discovered meditation looked into ufos looked into any of this i had three years of isolation in the home by myself to just read i had to get on disability because i couldn't drive because when i would drive i drive my car i couldn't drive to work i couldn't do anything I couldn't function because i would sense things i could feel things i didn't have a mentor i didn't have a, anybody there to help guide me i had i had no idea so the only thing i could think of was to look online for books look look into things watch youtube videos get as much information and for three years i sat there and just looked into it until finally the more i looked into it the more stuff started happening and the more i started meditating the more my awareness grew and the more my anxiety grew and the more um awareness came from that and it just was like it's like a the, the awareness that I started developing or psych whatever you want to call it clairvoyance well, clair a, audience there's uh, a threefold to what happens when you're dealing with the paranormal world and the first thing is once you realize that it's real your eyes open up uh, a lot of people like to call that the third eye I simply right. scientifically speaking call it perception uh, going through something like that personally myself, the first thing that you run into, because you are isolated and you can't talk to people because they're going to think you're nuts. That's the first thing that goes through your head. What exactly. you're saying, you can't explain. It's scaring the piss out of you sometimes. So what happens is 
um, you start doing the research. Like you said, you start looking around. You go online. You read books. You do whatever you can. In my day and age, we had more books than anything else, so I'd go to the libraries. I'd try to find a logical explanation for what was going on to me. I did some research on the property and the history and so forth, found some links there that were very interesting. All of this, by the way, guys, is in my book. It's also going to be on uh, television next year if everything works out right, telling my story. I don't want you to listen to the story fully on TV. It's going to make a great situation just so that you know, but they cut out a lot of it because we are talking about they needed to put me in 30 minutes with another person, and I've got over 12 hours worth of information for them. Um, nevertheless, what happens is your, 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 your perception is heightened, and you go through phases. Your first phase is you start seeing this stuff and realizing it's real, so you think you're crazy. So you go out and seek help. You get on medication. You start talking to a psychiatrist about it. Uh, oftenly, exactly. Other but these things still keep going on. Now, in my particular case, the psychiatrist ran with his tail between his legs. Whole other story um, that I won't get into here. But eventually, you start realizing maybe there's something else going on here. Um, and then is when other people get involved. The biggest issue is when you're dealing with paranormal investigators is there's no rule book. There's no education. Once parapsychology dropped, there's no real scientist. Right, right. So each person perceives this differently, which leaves you confused. Now, in my particular case, here's what I think, Jason. Uh, when people are talking about how they had multiple demons in your home, people misperceive the word legion. Legion means I am many. Now – when you start getting into theology and you start getting into the world of true religion and start breaking down the books, I am many doesn't necessarily mean many things in one area. What a evil presence can do, whether it's positive, negative, something that's generated negative, that's created its own force, or it's something feeding off of that, is they understand that the word many means we are stronger, we are greater, we're bigger than you, we can be wherever we want, we can do whatever we want. Basically what we are – and excuse the term when I say this on radio, guys, but basically what we are is a pissant. We, we can be squished. So I am many doesn't necessarily mean there are many, 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 many demons in an area, but you could very well have something very strong in that area, and its presence is using I am legion because legion is a word that's been used throughout history in many different ways to mean a large army everywhere. Unstoppable, and when you say I am unstoppable, and I am everywhere, it's a scary thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, def definitely. I mean, that was well. I I was par partially in denial about what I was hearing, and I was partially uh, curious. And because I had been through so much adversity in my life, I, I didn't have any time with my daughter i got divorced my parents got divorced my dad now he's he's got cancer there's a lot of a lot of negative things that have happened around the time and around around the whole situation where um you know i i have been through so much in my life that to to put on the mask or the the hood to be politically correct you know the the hood is what they call it to go in there like that um, they asked me how I was able to do it, and I had explained to them that one of the biggest things was because I had been through so much already, because I really had nothing to lose, because I was like, hey, you know, I can't stay in this house anyways, because the moment I walk in, it's like, bam, like it's like, 
you know, it's not just negative, too. I mean, anybody, I've challenged people who've said that this is like even my therapist, because I had to go to therapy for PTSD. I've challenged my therapist and my therapist, they all are the, the, the same way. Not only therapists, but people I meet in my life, they, they say, no, no, thank you. And I say, well, if there's nothing behind it, then why won't you go try? Like, why won't you show up? Why won't you? I understand the therapists won't go because of their um, obligations as a, you know, basically the medical field or their professionalism. But these other people, I said, I challenge you walk in the home, see what I'm talking about, where they sat me at. If you if you sit exactly where they put me at right between both of those rooms and you've got that tree, there's a voltage at the top of the tree and the roots of the tree go way beyond the house and you're sitting between a, gi- a giant oak tree which i've been told is a, is a big plays a part in the paranormal activity there as well you're between the interchange it, the exchange of a huge amount of energy basically like having a positive uh a positive way up there uh, 100 feet high the oak tree is hundreds of years old and down there the roots are negative and you're sitting there in between the center of it all and like the toroidal field, you could talk about that. People talk about all those things, but what it boils down to is exactly what you said, Chris. Is um, energy uh, negative or positive, liberating or um, defeating or non-liberating? You know, we're looking at opposites, and those things that were created a uh, hundred more years ago because my great grandfather was obsessed with the uh, cult. And he married a witch and um, he cheated on her with another witch. And there was just so much. I mean, some of those people down there that are doing those rituals could very well be my family members. I don't know. You know, they do. They still do stuff. They trespass. We've had called the cops so much, but there's nothing. They they never really come out there. You know, there's nothing ever done about it. There's no one ever gets caught down there. I have to wonder what's going on. And I watch them and I know that. this place, the aquifer and the energy, just like you said, the way it affects the mind, the the oneness and connection and perception to everything, you are spot on, Chris, about how we are all connected. I mean, you're 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 on it, man. You're on it. Well, psychologically speaking, um, if you research history, there's a reason. Just so that everybody knows that the Druids, but picked particular areas. There's a reason, by the way, that the Templars picked particular temples. There's a reason why the Egyptians created their um, sarcophaguses a specific way and their tombs a specific way. All of this has been passed down from generation to generation. Scientifically speaking, we know this. Archaeologically speaking, we know this. Can we explain it? The answer is no. But the reality is that there are specific points that do carry certain presence. Yes. Now, we're catching yes. up with that in, in the science field right now by understanding that quantum physics has stated that everything runs in a relative motion, even though time is a differential thing that we discuss, that motion is all coexisting at the same point. Now, I know that's hard to comprehend because we see time the way we do and we comprehend it as people get old, things fall apart, people die, and then things move on. We see this from age to age to age. But on a mathematical level, this all narrows down to point references. And that means that the past, the present, the future, everything coexists at the same motion. As coexisting in the same motion, just like splitting an atom, 
And taking that atom or that neutron and moving it thousands of miles away and moving it left and right, both of them move together, everything else does the exact same thing. So if something happened 400 years ago that's a very drastic change on an area that um, some people call it ley lines. It's a lot more in-depth than a ley line, uh, right. an area that has a lot of things going on, then that presence still exists. Now it dissipates like every energy within time breaks down, transforms into new things, and so forth. But ultimately, it all narrows down to positive and negative. Yes. Yes, you're so correct, man. You're uh, Sorry, I'm just getting really excited because you are explaining it well. That is perfect explanation right there. That energy, that spot, I went to it where they performed those rituals. That place, the actual river that runs through the property, it's where uh, several parts of the river meet up. They cut, they branch out like the like the veins in your arms, basically. Um, and the place where they all meet up, um, there there's no. It's not like a swamp. Like some of the area is kind of swampy, but this one location, if you just go to that, I mean, your perception of time, your dowsing rods, if you have. Showed me how to, the guys showed me how to use them who went there. The quartz vein that are underneath quartz, people go and they put quartz crystals around everywhere and they they know the piezoelectric effect. And you're right, it goes so much deeper than this. I'm just like, man, I'm I'm glad that I'm talking to someone who really understands this stuff on such a deep level because you're right about time. Um, I was watching uh, the movie Lucy. I hope I can say this on the radio, but. Uh, about I talk about the movie, but um, she says if you speed up the car at the end of the movie Lucy, if you speed it up to infinity, can you see it? Does it look like if it's moving? And that's where you talk about time and motion. Um, time isn't real. Uh, motion, the relative motion of one object to another, we calculate time based off the sun, the moon, various things like that. But how we perceive it. That should give you a big clue. The fact that time's passing, it feels like it's passing faster now because I'm on a radio show and I'm enjoying it. And another example, uh, just uh, I think something that other people could relate to um, if they don't understand quantum physics or anything like that. But one instance I'll give um, is about me and coffee, um, how you can change the past. And someone might be asking, well, what's I got to do anything? Well, at one point in my life, I never drank coffee. I never liked it. But when I tried it and I liked it, then it's like, okay, now I'm always a coffee drinker. I like it. You know, I got hooked on it. Like I said, I made a thing coffee before I came on here. And before that point, I had changed the past. I, you get what I'm saying, Chris? I mean, is this, is, does this make sense to you? A lot of times, I mean, people perceive past, present, and future because of what we're taught because you have to perceive past, present, and future a specific way to explain why things degrade. Um, I perceive it a little bit differently than that. Uh, when you start getting into the word time travel and, and how you can perceive things and how you can change things yourself, ultimately, humanity likes to look at things in a, in a light where we have to have people – control our own destiny we have to have something greater we have to search for something greater we have to have answers for death we have to have all of this other stuff now though that's a great perception to look at first i believe we control our own destiny just so everybody understands amen, amen. 
And uh, the other thing is time doesn't work quite the way people want to perceive it. I had this conversation actually quite recently where people wanted to explain this on Facebook. They said, give you a perception. Well, I've had the great privilege of talking to a lot of quantum physicists and a lot of people that deal with time travel and a lot of people that are fascinated with it and so forth. And the reality is currently there is no way to travel in time, but there is a way to see past, present, and future. If we can come up with the exact equation – we could physically create a device that designs a window that can see everything. And we're able to, just like a video player, you're able to fast forward through those different dimensional barriers and go back and forth. Now, we haven't got to that point yet. But somewhere along the line, somebody's going to create something, and they're going to see something that happened 100 years ago. They're also going to be able to see what happens 100 years into the future. So how does this help us? Well, to be honest with you, it can't. Because that particular thing runs on what we like to call fixed points in quantum physics. So I can see everything in the past, but I can't change the past. I can see possible future outcomes, but the moment I see that, it, does, it, it changes my future outcome. Because the point of reference starts from the beginning of where I physically looked into the future. I know that exactly. sounds complicated, everybody. No, no, it, may, you may, it, makes, perfect, it makes perfect sense, because if you think about it, here, and this is what comes to my mind. What if all of that activity happened because all things being connected, all time being one? What if it happened because it knew later on down the line that I would come along and it would bring balance and harmony and possibly neutrality to the location? It would create this circumstance or these possibilities, these conditions. What that was the whole point and all of it happening. There's no telling. You know, well, you, you it's, never it's know. All based off of your perception, the, the unique thing is there's a reason why people built these structures the way they built them because the human mind is that connecting link. The brain is a very, very fascinating thing, something we still can't quite comprehend. It is the only physically advanced organic computer. It's also everybody's individual brain all across the world is the most advanced computer that will ever be in existence. We have no yes. idea how that was created. We have no idea how it fully operates. But we do also know one thing. The brain is linked to every single thing outside of the organic body. You feel every energy, every presence, every positive, every negative. This is why you can go into a room and you can talk in a positive crowd that's, uh, oh, I'm motivated, whatever it is, whether it's church, religion, whether it's a motivational speech trying to tell you where to go or so forth, whether it's a counseling meeting where you're trying to better your life, and now you're positive. Everybody's positive. You feel that energy, and bam, you're positive too. You can do this. It's also why when everybody gets angry and you're in one room, you feel that negative energy, and guess what? You're angry too. Because the brain feels that, the emotion feels that, it registers that, and it portrays it back out to everybody else. Um, so it, it's it's really complicated to, to discuss, actually, Jason. I understand completely where you're coming from, and I, I think the I, I think one of the things that you said is very important is about looking outside of ourselves for something something greater i think that we need to stop being the uh i guess the way to put it the the sufferer of effects and start being the creator of causes that way we're not just a passive cog in the wheel we become a causation 
versus an effect because both of them are going to happen. You know, the effect, like basically, I, I can guarantee with 100% certainty, it, Chris, if your parents never met, that you would not exist. You would not be here. That That's the way that I see it from my point of view. Same with me and my parents. So we look at cause and effect, and I said, well, I think about it and I say, should we be focused on all the things that are happening, or should we be focused on what we can control and ultimately what we can do? And that's what I was going to ask you next, Chris. How much effect do you think that one person, um, with your background and everything, I'm curious to hear, um, one person, the, with everything being interconnected, how much difference can one person make overall and on Earth and um, how is it interlinked between people? Like, how do you, if that, if that question makes sense, how, how do you see it? Depends on you on how you allow your human moral nature to react to the situation. Um, and I talk about this on social media all the time because it's key. Because we're releasing, we're the, the thing about the technological generation is the technological generation has removed us from having human contact and human emotion. Um, can one person make an incredible impact on the life of thousands and millions of people? The answer is yes. Being a motivational speaker for many, many years, I've had impact on many, many people that come back to me even today and say, you know what, Chris? You may not think you're a miraculous person, but you changed my life. Um, so each person can make an impact, but you really have to dig deeply on how you do that. A part of how you do this is step away from physical things. Uh, understand that everything you say and everything you do and how you respond to that and how you talk to people is all a physical impact on that individual person and it can make or break a situation. Um, and once you realize that, and I like to put it very, very simply, everybody as an example gets wrapped up into politics today. They're so die hard. This is the way it should be. This is the way it should be. Here's what I tell everybody. You know what? Live in reality a little bit. Stop and smell the roses. Every day when I go when, – when, when I'm sitting on a computer and I'm doing my work, I take the time to go outside. I grow my own food. Yes. I smell the roses around me. I take a breath in. I realize I can walk outside my front door without being shot or hurt or killed. I'm in a country where I have an opinion. Even when the opinion doesn't matter to somebody else, I can still state it, and I have the freedom to enjoy my life. Um, I come back in, and then I share my knowledge in a peaceful manner where I can discuss it with people. Now, a lot of people still don't realize that. The reason that I do it that way, to be frankly honest with everybody that's listening, is a relatively simple thing to understand. Every person, whether you agree or disagree, is still a person. Every life matters. Every situation matters. And how you treat that, you may think you're doing the right thing because you feel somebody else is doing it wrong. But understand even then, that person has feelings, they have emotions, they have families of their own, they have situations of their own. So how you act yourself shows whether you're the better person. If you ever wondered why people like Martin Luther King made an impact, John F. Kennedy made an impact, Gandhi made an impact, and all of these people made an impact, it's because they moved past personal emotion to understand that every human being matters. Once you do that, people start to listen because they understand that things can be greater than one personal situation. 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> oh, it, may, it makes all the sense in the world. I couldn't agree more. I think that people need to get out there and interact more. I think they need to be living more. I think people are watching too much, and I, I myself have been guilty of it. I've been on social media, and I've consumed, consumed. But like you talk about growing when you said you grew your own food, I mean, I have tons of plants that I go outside to water each day. I make sure I, I do the whole grounding thing. I walk barefoot. I go outside and get sun. I, I love being outside in nature. I don't think people realize just how therapeutic and just how um, grounding that is for somebody to step away from the whole political thing and the whole drama thing and just everything in general and just experience life. There's, there's nobody really going out there as much anymore from what I've seen. It's, it's like you said, the technological age has brought on this whole new challenge. I think that what we're discussing here is, is even bigger than paranormal. What we're discussing is actually it, it could change the whole world. And, and it will if people were to apply these principles. The entire world were, would change. And it would, like you said, what, every single person being affected, it would not take many, if not just one person. I agree with you, Chris, that that's excellent. That's, I see the motivational speaker in you. Tony Robbins, step out the way. <laughs> well, it's funny because every time, every time I talk about it, a delightful friend of mine, and I haven't talked to her in many, many years um, because she's on a television show and she goes all over the place. And I won't mention her name, but uh, I, I say that over and over and over again. And now every now and then, if she's listening to the show, and uh, I hope you are, uh, she'll giggle because every time I say stop and smell the roses or just smell the flowers, it, it, it keys into a piece that she did on television. And just so you guys know, it has nothing to do with that, but it makes her laugh every time because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listeners, I'm going to take a brief pause. You're listening to BBS Radio. BBS Radio is the largest digital radio station here in the United States of America next to iHeart itself. If you're going to do a podcast or a radio show, I do encourage you to go with Donald. Go with BBS. It's a wonderful, wonderful situation. Our guest lineups in the next couple of weeks are going to be outstanding just so that you know some of the people that I spoke to on Ohio State Reformatory are going to be with us. We have a wonderful person that I'm going to bring on next week, Aaron Shriver from Hunt the Town. We're going to talk about his experiences and we're going to talk about a few key things that we're going to be doing in events here in a little while, which I've invited some very unique people and some semi-famous people along that I encourage you to actually buy into the events on because we're going to be doing some investigations ourselves. We've had the privilege of talking to Jason Neal tonight about uh, a lot of different things um, on Ghost Base. So Jason, I'm going to actually start, uh, We're on, I know we're in our last 10 or 15 minutes of the show by just going back out to, I'm sure that you have some promotional things that you want people to find you on. Of course, obviously you want them to see the rear of the show. Uh, so let's talk about where people can find you. Absolutely. Um, they can find me just Google Jason Neal. Um, not Google, but uh, go on Facebook, Jason Neal Travel Channel. That's J A S O N. And Neal is spelled N E E L. It's Jason Neal Travel Channel. Um, if there's anything you want to talk to in regards to paranormal or anything you heard on this show, anything you've heard on any other show, um, if you're going through a tough time, um, if you're going through a paranormal experience, if there's uh, anything, just send me a message on Facebook. It can be on my personal or on my 
fan page that I have right now that just started about a week or two ago. Um, just contact me there. I have a book that I'm working on right now. It's uh, The name isn't in, in stone yet, but uh, right now it's called The House of 50 Demons. So be looking out for that and be looking out for any other content in the future because I don't know uh, what will happen from the property because of the intensity of it. Uh, Ghost Adventures could be coming out there. It's not 100% yet. Um, some other people are interested. Um, not going to throw out all the names, but I will say that the place is getting a lot of attention and hype due to the fact that it's affected not only the cast, not only the the talent and crew, it, it affected everybody that went to the home. So the energy's uh, it's intense there, and it's not for everybody. It's not for your average uh, paranormal person to come and uh, like like chris said um it's not something to take lightly the we are many the legion um be prepared if if you contact me uh, about coming to the home because the place is uh highly energized if nothing else i promise you without doubt so you can contact me one more time jason neal that's n-e-e-l Jason Neal Travel Channel, look it up on Facebook. I have Facebook. I don't have a Twitter or Pinterest or any of those things, but I don't have a website right now. Just look for me there, and you'll find me. Get in touch with me, or you can get in touch with Chris, and um, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm here for you. Well, I'd love to check out the house sometime. Of course, that's me, and I'm the guy that uh, everybody warns, you know, don't go on. I dive straight in. I've been into some of the scariest places in the United States of America and hopefully overseas in the next two or three years. Um, it would be uh, an honor to show up somewhere along the line if I'm in the area and say, hey, Jason, let's check out your house. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be disappointed. <laughs> you won't be disappointed in this one. It's crazy. Well, listeners, I will actually close this show the way I close every single show, just so that you're aware, and that is in the paranormal. Truth should always be that reality, and we talked about a lot of things this week, but one of the things that I'm going to bring back to the home just so that everybody is aware due to what I have been witnessing many, many times throughout the paranormal community is in the paranormal and beyond, truth should always be that reality. I know we spend a lot of time behind screens. And I know a lot of people on every side of the book always think that they're doing the right thing by going after people on social media and going after people everywhere over and over and over again. But here's the reality. Those people are people too. Every time you say or do something, it affects another person. You may think you're doing the right thing by putting up pages or saying particular things or doing social media and messengers and so forth with verbal attacks or nonverbal attacks. You may think that you're doing the right thing by defending your politics or defending whatever it is on whatever page because this spans all over social media, not just the paranormal. But have you ever sat back and thought that person is an individual too? How am I affecting that person's life? Because in the long run… These things can go very wrong. So I would recommend every now and then, whatever you're doing, take the time to walk outside and smell the roses. That's our show tonight. I hope you tune in next week when we have Aaron Shriver talking about Hunt the Town. And we're going to talk about our experiences there as well as what he's doing in the future. 
I will end this with have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next week.